0: I could have a degree in losing money, you know. I had a look at it one time. Over a 10-year period, we lost 1.8 million. Over a 10-year period. And you say, how do you survive that? So you're making money one year and you're losing it the next year. And you're making it again and you're losing it again. And if you have cash flow, you can survive for a long time.
1: Hello there and welcome to our second episode of the Switched On podcast with Domain Electrical, chatting to some of the leaders in the electrical field, finding out how they got there and what they think may be next for the industry. We'll also be chatting with manufacturers and suppliers from around Europe about which products are going to make our lives and jobs easier during the year. I'm your host, Dusty Rhodes. Coming up today, we'll be chatting with Catco, the Finnish company who excel at isolator and switches manufacturing. But first, let's go to Davenham Switchgear, the largest panel builder in the Republic of Ireland, providing power solutions for all of those data centres we see sprouting up across the country. They're also a huge international success, with 50% of their output now exported to destinations like the Middle East and Tokyo a wholly owned Irish company based in Tlindalkan, celebrates its 40th birthday next year. And leading at the helm is managing director John Corcoran. John, the company sounds amazing. Was that the plan all along?
0: Of course it was, Dusty. Of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. You know, when you get a bunch of guys together with no direction, we, we started in 1982 and and Truthfully, the reason we started was because we had no work. Uh, We worked for a company that had gone bust. And as we were exiting the company at Whitwick End, of course, they had loads of work, but they had no money. They had plenty of material, and and, uh, it was a business that I got into with a couple of guys uh, from Northern Ireland. Looking back, it was probably the best experience of my life on how not to run a business. We had more people in the office than we had in the workshop. We had all the people top-heavy, but very little input. So uh, I was a director of the company. Uh, I was trying to give it a bit of direction. We amalgamated with another very good company at the time, Pace Engineering, two years in, and they managed to kill each other. You know, they were both looking for the wrong thing, Uh, lack of direction, lack of financial input. And at the end of the day, 1982, they pulled the plug. Now, they had work, but, you know, They thought that this was easy money, but your building switchgear was never easy money. So we started up in 1982. Look, it was easier then. You know, going to the bank to get an overdraft was a matter of make an appointment with the manager, go down and sit down, make your case, and he'd give you an overdraft. Simple as that. And especially if he knew you. Well, of course. I mean, we were the local bank in Lucan. Jimmy Cox was the manager at the time. Went down, had a chat, uh, and we probably got a 10 grand overdraft. And, and that started us off. And, and uh, we have rented the premises that we're in, the same premises that we're in here in, in Uh We rented one of the industrial units that we're in. And now we're spread out over 14 industrial units in the same industrial estate. Every time we needed more space, something came available. The next building became available, the next building. And we consumed every building in the industrial estate bar one. And other industrial estates as well. So we're in, we have premises in Cherry Orchard as well, and, and the industrial estate next door, because we have, we've grown to a staff of 220 now at the moment. And you're right about exports, and, and it's all over Europe and Ireland and uh, all points west, you know. So we're chasing the market. There's no secret to it, you know. We, we've never been really good at marketing, strangely enough. Over the years, we've had, we never had a salesman. Uh, and then at one point we decided we thought we needed a salesman that we took on for a couple of years and that just didn't work out for us and he moved on and we still stayed friends and the the last guy we took on as a salesman I told him the one thing I didn't want him to do was to sell anything just don't get any work go and help us change the profile of the company change the website do a bit of marketing that lasted for a couple of years Uh, we did a few trade shows and etc but look for us it's reputation for us. We'd probably have to go down the marketing route again, you know, and, and uh, to try and sustain the position that we're in. But we just keep doing what we're doing. And, and that's really it. There's no mystery to it. See, you know, you work hard. You're honest. You look after your customer. Because we have repeat customers, you know, and that's just the way it's been. And just keep doing it. And, of course, you have to get the brakes if you don't get the brakes. There are people who worked a lot harder than us, just didn't manage to get the brakes. But of course, without saying that, we've been very good at what we do. I value loyalty beyond everything else. I mean, even our suppliers, our suppliers are very important to us. You know, we've been doing business with Domain for over 30 years.
1: And they're kind of a similar story in that, you know, they start, well, they're a little older than you. They started the mid 70s. But again, it was, I think, from necessity and, and Noel
0: McLaughlin, yeah. I mean, Noel McLaughlin was selling wraps out of the boot of his car. I know Noel well. We've been doing business with him since then. You know, and, and the challenge for guys like us uh, has been that we can't get paid. The industry is dealing with contractors. You, you can't, it's, it's not a continuous thing. We have to pay our suppliers every month continuously. We have the same suppliers for over 38 years, for nearly 40 years in some cases. You build up a relationship, but you'll see how good the relationship is when you don't pay your bills That friendship that you've built up that you think is a friendship disappears pretty quickly when his financial controller rings you up and says, John, look, we'd get paid last month. And I'm saying, yeah, but I can't pay you next month either, you know. Why not? Because I can't get paid from my customer, you know. That's no good. How do you handle it
1: on the flip side? Because I'm very like you in that you look after the people who are supplying you and it's just good for business and it's smooth. But what about people who are not paying you? How do you handle that?
0: what we did, we, we stepped out of that business to a certain uh, extent. So most of the business we have at the moment is with directly with the client. We're not dependent on the contractor. So when you're dealing with multinationals, there's a relationship there and they they have people whose job is to pay you money. That's their job. They come in in the morning and they're measured by how much money they can pay out. That's their job. If you're dealing with a contractor his, his financial controller, his job is to hold on to it as long as possible, pay you as little as possible, and take nine months' credit. You know, we've had guys, like, 12 months, you'd be still looking for your money. And the excuse is, well, yeah, you know, all sorts. Tough, uh, it's been really tough. So
1: There's a lot of people, John, who'll be listening and uh, they were kind of thinking, you know, kind of, well, he's been around a long time and blah, 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 and uh, the company is doing fantastically well and they may be a little bit envious. But you started 40 years ago. I'm interested to know what kind of experience did you have <laughs> yeah, 40 yeah, years I, ago?
0: I, I could have a degree in losing money, you know. <laughs> I, I, I had a look at it one time. Over a 10-year period, we lost 1.8 million over a 10-year period and say, how do you survive that? So you're making money one year and you're losing it the next year and you're making it again and you're losing it again. And if you have cash flow, you can survive for a long time. So um, we built up at one point an overdraft of 800,000, right? So the banks, when the, when the economy was going absolutely gangbusters and the bank were throwing money around the place, our overdraft had crept up to 800,000. Our mortgage on the buildings that we'd Purchased was 450,000. So we were sitting on 800K plus 450K. Now, uh that was costing us, uh, with penalty and interest at the time, 110,000 a year, penalty and interest. Not even servicing the overdraft. We, we couldn't, we were making money and losing money and building the overdraft as we went. So we very nearly didn't get out. We had a financial uh, advisor at the time. And uh, this was a time the boom time right so he decided that it'd be great if we borrowed five million to to invest in property and development you, you know the story you know you know what's coming don't you right so we said yeah this is a great idea you know five million yeah will they give it to us Ah, oh, yeah absolutely yeah get the building revalued and of course it will it took a took a couple of months so we had it sorted and we had uh, an agreement with the bank of scotland to give us uh five million euros and we said yeah great yeah what are we going to do with it well, sure, we don't know. We'll get it first, then we'll see what we're going to do with it, you know. Just before, about two weeks before this money landed, I got a fit of the yips and said, Ooh. and this was all personal guarantees and stuff that goes with that, pretty heavy penalties, etc. So we pulled the plug on it, right? Just sat down, had a cup of tea myself, and my partner said, I'm shade oil. And, and I said, look, what are we going to do here? We said, look, we're not going to do this because... We, you know, we're going to take the money personally. We're going to we're going to have to pay tax. We're going to do this, and yeah, okay. Luckily enough, I got introduced to a guy Patrick Thorpe, who is our present financial advisor. So he sat us down and gave us a dose of reality. I mean, a heavy, heavy dose of reality. Now I have to say, uh, the first meeting probably didn't really go well. A pair of gobshites came into him, telling them that they were going to borrow five million, and his first question was, "Okay, what are you going to do with it?" At Dusty, we really didn't have an answer. We were convinced by our financial guy that this was a good idea, you know. So we didn't do it. And he sat us down at the second meeting. He said, look, guys, right, you guys need a bit of help. You need a bit of direction. And he said, I'll, I'll help you. So we eventually borrowed $2 million from KBC at one and a quarter percent because interest rates, we must remember, at that point were really, really low. One one and a quarter percent above die right, for twenty years. And I said, Patrick, twenty twenty years. So Who, who's going to pay it? Who's going to pay a back over twenty years? Don't worry about twenty years, John. He knew what I didn't know. What you do is you just stretch it out as long as as far as you can, get the repayments down as low as possible. The repayments on that two million was uh, ten grand a month, exactly the same amount we were paying in penalty and interest, right? So. We paid back the eight hundred thousand to the bank. We paid back the four hundred and fifty thousand for the mortgage. We got working capital. We got two million. And it really cost us nothing. When you think about it, it was free money. We were paying the overdraft anyway. We we're paying the interest on the we weren't paying the overdraft. We were paying the interest on the overdraft. We got two years interest free and we never look back. We haven't had an overdraft facility for over 14 years. KBC are paid off, long paid off. We paid them off the 2 million. As we sit here today, we have no borrowings and no overdraft. And we haven't had an overdraft for 14 years. Now, had we not, when the banks went bust, that 800,000 would have turned into a term loan. Well, half it would have because they would have called in the other half. And uh, we would not be here. So that's really that was the saviour. That's how we got from point A to point B. And, of course, at the end of the recession, we had, we'd scaled back here to maybe 40 guys. We kept the core staff. We managed to work three-day weeks. The guys were uh, doing the best we could. And coming up, I suppose, 2011, it started to pick up again. So from 2011 on, uh, we built up, rebuilt up the company uh, from that. We had some good customers. Unfortunately, we can't name any of them because that's just the way they are. They're very private about what they do and where they live and uh, all that sort of thing. But everybody knows who they are and everybody knows who we're working for. But that's just the industry that we're in. So we managed to build that up and continue from there. It's been tough, but you know, it's something that I've always enjoyed. I I started in the ESP in uh, 1966. Um, I'm 55 years in the industry now. I probably won't get another twenty out of it, but you know, you never know. You never know. So, look, we, we've managed to get a to build up a good reputation. We we would have a good reputation. We always had a a good reputation for quality, and and uh, we would have, I suppose, over the years, we wouldn't have fallen out with many customers. You know, you you
1: strike me as a man who who knows this secret, which isn't really a secret. I don't think. All right, because you started a company out of necessity. Your family is successful at the moment, and the future is looking great. Tell me about when you have a goal and you have a vision.
0: That's a really tough one, Dusty, really. Because, you know, all we ever did was stick to the knitting. This this term entrepreneur, I, I would never have considered, that's not something that sits well with me. I I would consider myself to be a guy to just work hard and got lucky. Now, we were obviously good at what we did. And I make no apologies for that. We're still good at what we do. Certainly in this company here, and, and we can't just elaborate on, on it at the moment, but we, we have a certain uniqueness that, and a certain ability that we've been able to tap into and and we watch other companies with very similar talents to us and and uh we just want to keep doing it expansion uh we have to be very careful about expansion where you're going to end up sometimes less is more sometimes the effort that you put in is not rewarded you might be better off sometimes to step back just a little bit rather than go keep expanding and expanding for the sake of expansion you know um yeah, look, you'll see the, the goal, right? The goal is to continue doing what we're doing. It's to be as successful as we can uh, to bring the staff with us. We we have a staff here who, like, we have a bunch of guys here who are here over 25, 30 years. You know, we've one guy here, 38 years, Ollie McCormick, one of the longest serving guys here, you know. So we have a, a very low turnover of the key staff, maybe 30 guys who are over 20 years here then we have another bunch who are over 15 years here. Obviously, looking after your staff, of course, is very important. So we have, as I said, we have a low turnover.
1: Listen, John Corcoran, uh, Managing Director of Davenham Switchgear, it's not only been a pleasure chatting to you, but it's been an inspiration as well. And long may your continued 20
0: years left in the industry continue. (laughs) Hope so, Dusty. I look a bit bit rougher looking, you know, but uh, anyway, thank you.
1: Just before we go to Finland and have a chat with Sami Kukamaki from Catco, uh, let me give you a little background information on our Switched On podcast, uh, which is brought to you by Domain Electrical, the leading independent Irish-owned supplier, importer and distributor of industrial electrical components in the country. Domain have been in business for more than 40 years and that long success has been built not only on embracing innovation but looking after and listening to their staff along with excellent relationships with their extensive network of customers and partner suppliers. So, you know, when you call Domain, your sales contact there actually knows about the products and can suggest the right solution for any problem that you're trying to solve. On their website, you'll see the story of the company and the people behind it, if you're not familiar with it, along with the catalogue, of course, and the contact details. That website address is domain.ie or just use the link in the show notes, which you'll find on the phone app or website, which you're using to listen to us today. It's time now to talk to Sammy Kokomaki, the sales director for Catco's European and American division. Catco are a Finnish company, a world-leading isolator and switches manufacturer. And what Sammy doesn't know about switches is simply not worth knowing. Sammy, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit more about the company Catco to start?
2: Well, we are a pretty traditional family company, uh, established already in 1938, uh, but started in a, in a totally different business in the late 40s. The brothers, the uh, the founders, started to manufacture also electrical switches. And during the 50s, they started to develop their own products already, because the first manufacturing was done under a license that was uh, from from Germany. So uh, since then. The, the the product development started and later on all the let's say the original business vanished away so they had so they had nothing to do with the original car engine business that they had and they concentrated on electrical switches and that's what has happened ever since so
1: you're specializing very much in that area what would you tell people makes catco special
2: well uh we've seen that We have a long experience on this specific uh, field of technique. So uh, we know how to disconnect electrical current and we know how to do that in various and even difficult environments. That long experience has uh, has given us a lot of information. We've developed many generations of products So some are already outdated and we've stopped producing them and we've created new ones. So this brings us expertise. And then today we are so widely in the world, even though we are still a small company, but we are present in all continents, more than 60 countries. So we get a lot of information from the market, what is really needed in these products this specific product. So we are able to then adjust our products accordingly.
1: It is said in the industry that what you do not know about switches is not worth knowing. Uh, Tell me about your own background and how you came to join CatCo.
2: Well, that happened five and a half years ago. And prior to that, I used to work 11 years in electrical wholesale and there in product management and marketing which meant that as it was a the, the leading electrical wholesaler of finland we had hundreds of suppliers that were introducing products to be sold in that wholesale channel and as i was responsible for product management i had product managers who were dealing with all those products so i get to know a lot of people at least in the in the domestic market and get to know a lot of things that are related, how businesses are run, and, and uh, how uh, strategic decisions relate to success. So uh, that that gave me some background. So I knew Patco as, as a company from that background. And then the change from a pretty domestic, administrational work to be a sales guy in a global scale was a change that I, I really like.
1: Let me ask you about uh, the product itself, because you say that CatCo are excellent at boom, turning off electricity when it needs to be turned off. Tell me about enclosed isolators. You know, what is the significance of them in an industrial environment?
2: Well, the short answer and pretty easy answer, it is a very cheap life insurance for a maintenance person. It is placed normally pretty close to the machinery so whatever machines the factory has inside there needs to be a place where the main power can be disconnected from that machine and it needs to be done in a secure way and there needs to be a possibility to even lock that handle for example so that nobody can accidentally come and and turn it on if there's something happening with the machine like maintenance or fixing. And the same applies to the really large industrial sites where the control room is hundreds of meters away and you cannot see the machine. So you need to have a disconnect there somewhere closer so that nobody turns it on from the control room.
1: Now, uh, your isolators are used in some very extreme environments. Can you give me uh, an example of a very extreme use?
2: One of them is the uh, the food industry, where they have extremely high level of hygiene, which means that the the production lines, production machinery is washed maybe even uh, several times a day with either chemicals or then just hot water for example with uh, with pressure. when you are placing these kind of secure devices close to the machine they are exposed to the same environment as the production line itself so it has to hold there and and has to be reliable even after uh, years in that place. The other example is outside the climate can be different in, uh, in different places of the world. There can be extremely low temperatures, extremely high temperatures, extreme UV radiation because of the sun. And still some of these products has to be placed outside. If anybody
1: wants to see what the isolators are like, you do have a YouTube video. There's a nice short one. It's uh, maybe three minutes long and it shows people how they get installed. And it's actually uh, really well done. You can see that on the CatCo website at catco.com. And it's uh, down at the very, very end of the page is a link to YouTube. And I will, of course, uh, include those links in the show notes to the podcast we're listening to at the moment. Um, Sammy, let me ask you about uh, Domain Relationship. You've been dealing with them for quite a long time now. How do you rate them as a company?
2: First of all, CatCo has been having a relationship with Domain for 20 years at least way before my time, as I explained my background. So I worked with them for five and a half years. And I rate them as a reference, uh, as a good partner for us in a specific market area. So but I'm, I've used it also in public with, with some other people that are asking what should a good partner of TACTO look like? What should they do? And I use the main Electrical as an example. A good sales point. So
1: you are dealing with companies all over Europe. You're dealing with companies all over the world. You find Domain to be exceptionally good at what they do. What is it that makes them different, in your opinion?
2: They have a very good grip on the customers. So they see the market every day. They are concentrating on bringing the benefits of their product portfolio added with their services. They are always aiming for the for the uh, advantage and benefit what they can give to the end customers. And they are not afraid of special things. So the people are courageous to ask the customer if, they're, if the customer is not happy with the standard solution, then they come back to the manufacturer and they ask, how could this be possible? They have a problem like this. How could we solve? And that is... That is the thing that
1: makes it interesting. Excellent. So you get calls from a domain going, look, this isn't strictly on the sheet, but uh, we have a problem and we think you can fix it. And then, and together you come up with a solution. Exactly.
2: Exactly like
1: that. Fantastic. Well, listen, Sammy Kukamaki, thank you very much for chatting with us. A sales director for CatCo's European and American division. And you can find out more about the company at catco.com. Thank you. And of course, if you'd like to find out about any of our guests on the entire podcast series, just follow the links in the show notes. You'll find them in the description of this podcast on your phone or whichever device you're listening to us on. They include links and contact details and anything else you might need to get more information. Our podcast today was produced by dustpod.ie for Domain Electrical and you can find out all about the country's leading independent Irish-owned supplier, importer and distributor of industrial and electrical components at domain.ie Do join us next time when we discover another well-known industry leader who's worked the way up from the shop floor to managing director. Get that automatically. Just click the follow button on your player right now. Until next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes, thank you for listening and I hope you'll join us on the next episode of the Switched On Podcast with Domain Electrical.